United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. A dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects Hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I definitely could not have wine around the house because I would absolutely be tempted to drink it in the middle of my workday. Ooh, and I'm Chelsea. I'm the daytime alcoholic who hides her problem with Listerine. That's so smart. Yep. That is so smart. I'm just like, I have to always be available for like staff, and at any time, like someone can jump. I have a Zoom room up all day long right mm-hmm. at any point they can jump in so yeah it's risky um i may or may not have at the beginning of the pandemic when we all first started working from home mm-hmm. you know this is completely satire we may or may not have had a few cocktails in the middle of the week just to kind of celebrate the funness of working from home in you the middle of the pandemic um you know, may or may not be true. Um, can't confirm or deny. Um, yeah, I used to nap at work all the time when I was working from home. I don't understand why they fired me though, because I still got all my work done. <laughs> your your former employer just watching this, like, mm-hmm, bitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already got my severance took. But that oh. was like a year ago. You know, I got like laid off over a year ago. Wild. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. How time flies. Oh, when your life falls apart. <laughs> oh, how time flies. So I have such a fucking present for you. Okay, My roommate me. read me this. Oh, God. What? Um, I promised her full anonymous uh, stuff. But uh, what we have here is a screenshot from her Facebook. And this woman is having issues. And that's all. So I'm going to read to you what her issues are. And this has okay. nothing to do with the episode. But I okay. have to tell you. Okay. Um, so her friend says, this is the post. Okay. I feel like this is a ridiculous post, but I need to know if I'm being unreasonable. Problem? My husband forgets to flush the toilet after number two. He (laughs) says he forgets. It's gotten to the point where the dogs have gotten into it and have decided to proceed through the house with the paper. My husband makes an excuse for everything. His family enables all of his behavior. My husband says that he's got in his mind other things. Am I being unreasonable to get on my husband about this? He's 40, and I can't even so much as mention this quote-unquote crap around his family, or they look at me like I'm so unsupportive. What the fuck? Uh, Post number two. Uh, she says, a few days ago, I posted something about my husband failing to flush the toilet after a number two. I need to know what I'm doing wrong. He says that I should have noticed that he wasn't flushing his number twos and asked him what was wrong and if something was on his mind. uh, Am I being insensitive? Yes, we fight a lot. And he says that he just wasn't in the right headspace. I feel like my husband has an excuse for everything. Am I being a bitch? He's done it about five times this year. My dog got into it. Please tell me what I'm doing wrong. Um, so this is real? Yes. I promised my roommate that I would tell 
y'all nothing past the fact that it is from her Facebook. It is not her. I will say it is not my yeah. lovely um, roommate. We but it's are her friend. very courteous. It is a person it's her friend. from her Facebook. Okay. And she sent me the screenshots. Okay. Um, so there's a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I visually need to, can you at least tell me what does this person look like? Um, do yeah, they yeah. look, yeah, I need to know what they look like. Um, she looks like a delightful lady. Um, she looks like somebody who would stop and buy, like, l- who would, like, help run a lemonade stand for Girl Scouts while simultaneously, okay. like, supporting your lemonade stand. Okay. Um, what type of hair does she have? Is it, let me speak to your manager hair? Is no. it Okay. Does not have Karen hair. I would say she has, like, a standard brown hair. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I can show you what she looks like. Okay, so like she looks like a regular lady. Yeah? I would say unremarkable middle class housewife. Yep, unremarkable okay. middle class housewife. Yeah, could like disappear. In a, yeah, yeah, could disappear in a crowd. Type of like, mm, yeah, nothing about her features. Like, um, you could describe generic woman, uh-huh, and it, it would be, be her. It's, yeah, it would she's be her. not ugly. We're not saying no. she's ugly. No, she actually just, looks very lovely. Yeah, everything about her. Just the brunette housewife. And the husband is the person next to her in that photo? I'm assuming so. I actually did not. I'm assuming so. It would not make sense for a woman to have anyone else in there, unless it was her brother or something. Yeah. So quite close. It, yeah, quite close. I would say that looks romantic in the picture. Um, I would describe the husband as any man you can find hiding from their family at a Buffalo Wild Wings on a Sunday evening for Accurate. football. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, I apologize in advance for my dog's barking. Um, okay. Um, okay. So now that I understand, there was a part of me that was almost hoping they looked like white trash because no. then that's all explainable. That's all explainable. I will say he looks like the type of dude who has like clammy hands. Yeah. Like he definitely looks like he would say the N word around all of his friends. But, yep. um, Okay. Yep. The so. part of the part of the equation that is really confusing for me is that the wife has brought up the husband's um, shitting issue to the family, and the family is weird about it. And yes. then he turns around and says, "You should have asked me what was wrong." As if this is not just a him thing, but the entire family thing. Like his entire yes. family expresses um, emotions by. Um, vulgar, passive aggressive actions. Um, I'm being told this just in. We got a hot bulletin coming in. I've been provided her an son. image of, of her with her son. Why? Okay. Okay. Oh, I say okay. they look like a lovely family. Very. The sun looks like the guy that Rachel Berry dated in Glee who like threw the shake on her. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, they look very, very just like suburban, middle class, unremarkable. But he is a victim blaming shitter. He is gaslighting his wife. I just turd plops. Well, this is the best part, though, is that 
there is a chunk in these posts in which she has figured it out that it is not just a husband thing. It's his whole entire family yeah. rather than um, communicate in a healthy manner. They just shit and don't flush it. Yeah. It's the most, it's the most passive aggressive shit. <laughs> Literally. I have ever heard. And I really wanted to bless you with that. I know it has nothing to do, but no, um, I feel, I feel a lot of things right now because of that. Also imagining a dog with a human man turd in their mouth running around the house is just something. um, It is something like Like, that's special. mm -hmm. That is special. Cause like, you know, uh, ladies, everyone's had like a dog fucking grab like a pad out tampon of the fucking, or pad, yeah, yeah, a tampon applicator out of the fucking, and you're like, and you're horrified. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, but that is different than it is a forty year old grown man shit in a dog's mouth, right? Um, honestly, like I'm not trying to say. Uh, I just if I'm to play marriage counselor here. This is a deep-rooted family issue. Yes. No amount of therapy is going to solve this man's problems. And I think that she should get out now while she still looks good. 100%. She could snag so many dudes. There's um, she's a generic Mormon-looking housewife. Literally. Man. Literally. Like, leave now before your face starts going south. Like, you can find yourself a uh-huh. single dad who flushes. My dad. My dad fucking flushes. She can hook up with my dad. I would be proud to have her as a stepmother. Yeah. She's probably only 10 years older than me, but I've been wanting my dad to hook up with a hoe for a while. Um, I think he deserves it. So I do as well. Yeah. And if you're 40 dating like a 60 year old, you can be like a hoe. Like, so ladies, if you're out there and you want a 60 year old man, my father is the best dude in the world and he will treat you fucking right. Yeah. He sounds really great. He's the greatest. great. I, um, he's kind of conservative, though, so don't talk about politics around him. Um, uh, well, I mean, that lady looks all right for him. She looks Mormon. Yeah, she does. She I mean, um, you want to know how I know she's Mormon? Because she's asking Facebook what she did wrong when her husband doesn't flush his shit and the yeah. dogs eat it. Uh, so that's how I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's how I know. <laughs> Honestly... This is like this is how I know I'm built different because like if someone even did something remotely close to that to me, I would absolutely unwind. I would pop the fuck yeah. off. I could not contain myself. Like I don't just the disrespect. I've never been disrespected in such a way where someone's like, I'm gonna leave poo in the toilet and I don't even know how to comprehend it. You know, I'm like, what would yeah. I do? Cause like, sometimes you go to the, I go to the bathroom and then it's like, Oh, you forgot to flush your pee. Or it's like, you're conserving water by not flushing your pee. You know mm-hmm. that I I've lived with, I don't prefer it, but I understand it. If, if I see, mar- if I see skid marks in the toilet from someone else, I'm like, Hey, come flush your fucking shit. Yeah. Like this isn't prison. It's called a courtesy flush. You fucking animal. Yep, you got a courtesy flush. And you know what? Now and then you'll see floaters from a friend and you're like, mm, and you flush it for him in that moment, but deep down you're a little pissed. Yeah. It's like you gotta look. You, you gotta, gotta be look. sure. You have you know? to look. Did you think leave no trace was just about fucking camping? That's what I'm saying. No. 
So, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, I hope that man rots in hell. Yeah. He's got a lot on his mind, so he can't flush his poop. Get the fuck out of here, Gerald. That's not real. That's not real. That's just not real. That's that's how I know this is deep family shit. Um, yeah. But anyway, speaking of shit, I just also want to say, before we start this, okay? Yes. Before we start this, because we're going into, like, what exactly the Smithsonian did, right? Like, Smithsonian lies, kind of. I got derailed, but yeah. Good. I'm glad. But mm-hmm. I also want to say here that you fucking hoodwinked me because last week I really left the conversation thinking that the <laughs> Smithsonian really did like do some sketchy shit and the Supreme Court was involved. Little did I fucking know. This is little did I fucking know. That is all conspiracy bullshit. It is literally from like fucking the freedom org <laughs> is like your fucking source. I was like, is Chelsea becoming my father? Just like, <laughs> I just don't even know why I believed you. I don't even know why I believed you. What do you I think we're doing know. here? What do you think this is, Noel? <laughs> the way you said it, the way you said it to me, you were like, yeah. And they destroyed evidence and it went to the Supreme Court. And I'm like, oh shit, really? Damn. Oh fuck. And I was all hung up on like why they would be destroying evidence in the first place of what version of religion this is. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in reality, that never even fucking happened. That never even happened. We're going to talk about it. I went. I went to fucking. I went to some fucking Angel Fire website from like 2003 with Homeboy's PayPal email to the right as a fucking personal ad talking about the Smithsonian, and I'm like, oh, so this isn't real. And then finally, because I was on Bing, like you said, and it's so incredible. It's so incredible when you go to Bing and you type in anything, any fucking conspiracy, pop, 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 all these random fucking Kyle from North Dakota's personal fucking website is the first hit and you're like oh this is weird you go to google nothing nothing i go to google right, nothing. i type in like smithsonian lies question mark and it's like snopes did the smithsonian destroy giant human skeletons false and i was like oh my god we live how this is why i understand that censorship is a slippery slope and we shouldn't do it but maybe sometimes we should because i believed you for a fucking like five days i really did believe that i was all telling trevor about it and he's like what the fuck are you talking about The link you sent me was to truefreethinker.com. How dare you undermine it? Because he specifically points out that he supports a family of five on (laughs) five. And and I, we will talk about this. Um, We were going to fucking talk about it. You can't just condemn. You can't fucking condemn. I am. I I am. I always, I couldn't believe. Trevor was like, what did you guys talk about last week? I was like, oh, we talked about Smithsonian. Did you know? Did you know they destroyed skeletons? He's like, what? And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's not real. And I was like, yes, it is. Chelsea told me. It went to the Supreme Court. Blah, 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 blah. Like a fucking asshole. And then he's like, wait, where did you guys read that? And I was like, I don't know. Let me look it up. And that's why I find the fucking Freedom Truther website from 2003. And I I'm like, oh my god, it's all lies. I emailed you my notes in advance, Noel. You had time to look over them. <laughs> I believe you. It's not, you. It's not my I believed fault you. That I, I believe you. I emailed you eight pages of notes 
minutes before we're set to record and expect you to read all of it. The thing about the notes is that you not a single source is cited. Not a single source is cited. Well, this one you did. This one you I did. did. I did. <laughs> you did do the good, the goodly lawful society dot org, and the also nest. Also a Reddit thread. Also a Reddit. And you know what? Snopes is on there. Uh, we're gonna fucking talk about uh-huh. it. How dare uh-huh. you? You come to me in front of God and the internet. <laughs> Disrespect. I just brought you a poop story out of the goodness of my heart. And you've just been sitting on a turd of hate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For almost an entire week, I walked around like, "Can you believe the Smith story?" <laughs> like a fucking asshole. Like an asshole. <laughs> I convinced my college-educated partner that the Smithsonian destroyed giant skeletons, and he was like, "I've never heard about that in my life." And I was like, "You have to believe me. I'm the truth teller." <laughs> College education means nothing. <laughs> oh my god! I college can't. education is expensive paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the freedomtrooper.com is free. There needs to be there needs to be internet police. Okay, I'm like <laughs> fuck the cops, fuck the cops, but also like maybe we should maybe the cops kind of <laughs> maybe bring it back a little bit. Like, cause this shit's wild. This no, shit is no. so wild. <laughs> okay. The goddamn truth. Okay, okay, so we're gonna get derailed lightly. Uh, okay. And talk a little bit about giants for a while. God. Go into the Smithsonian. Okay. Before we go into the Smithsonian. Okay. Because I want people to swallow the idea of giants, so they can process it into a thought poop. Mm-hmm. That they leave. (laughs) They can plop it into their toilet of thoughts. Walk away. And walk the fuck away. Walk away. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So, um, the first source that we're going to talk about it comes from Higher Side Chats, and this is um, it's just a guy who kind of does what we do, but he interviews people, Mm -hmm. and so we're going to be pulling a lot of information, primarily the first part from this interview. So he interviewed um, journalist Nita Hiltner, and she is a reporter with 15 years of experience for Press Enterprise of Riverside. She also contributed to DC Exposed, which is a conspiracy site. But oh, no shit, huh? Necessarily mean that it's not real. At least this conspiracy site isn't against Jewish people. So, you know, plus one. <sighs> You know, it's only, it's just a sentence away. It's always yeah. just a sentence also, away. Also, don't quote me on that because I did not look at the site. Uh, <laughs> so they might be horribly anti-Semitic. I'm not sure. We'll just go I ahead and not. say they are. I hope not. Uh, so Nita got started in this sort of journalism about giants after she listened to our favorite, Coast to Coast, about giant skeletons in Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, so she started to research into skeletons and stuff like giants a little bit more. And she found a newspaper article from 1883 about Anderson, Indiana, and primarily about Mound State Park. And no one ever said that there were giant skeletons found there in in her experience. In fact, she grew up very near there in the area and had actually been on some tours of the area, and they never mentioned anything about giants. No shit. Well, you, oh my God. (laughs) But the article confirmed contains uh or like you know says that the smithsonian wanted to make that area a national park specifically because of the skeletons that were found there 
Um, and primarily there were six giant skeletons, according to this article, that were seated inside the mound. But because of the lack of care for the bodies, most of them were damaged except for two skulls. Um, the, this article was from the Lima newspaper in Ohio. And Nita called a friend who worked at the park to verify. And despite the 1883 article that she forwarded to her friend, this park ranger hadn't actually heard about any of the myths um, of the giants in the mounds. Um, so she said that the article claimed that one of the skulls was actually being held by an Anderson historian and the other one had been displayed in various museums tours until ding, 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 the Smithsonian came and took the bones for quote unquote investigations and then literally never returned to them. Is this like one of those museum tours that like pull up on Coney Island and you pay $5 to see like a squirrel dog and it's just a poorly hot glued taxidermy mess? So the mounds, these mounds are actually, like, not a conspiracy. The mounds are there. Sure, Um, I believe that mounds exist. What's beneath the mounds? Well, fuck it. We're going to goddamn talk about it. Okay. Um, And also, the the Smithsonian's taking artifacts and then not returning them is actually pretty wrapped up in their history. Um, They kind of have, like, a little bit of a hierarchy and a snootiness when it comes to thinking that they're the best and what they deem is truth. Um, and something pretty interesting, it was kind of boring, so I didn't include too much of it, but there's a ton of bias in how the Smithsonian arranges a lot of their artifacts and their displays. Like they don't really display female animals, for example, because a lot of them are just male because they think the males, like, for example, like a mammoth with like huge tusks, they think that's a little bit more interesting to look at than like what a female animal looked like. And so if you kind of like rewind your experiences in museums, if you really think about it, a lot of the animals on display are male um, because this comes down from kind of like the Smithsonian's directive, which was interesting. That is not a conspiracy. That's just like bias in museums. Um uh, but it was just kind of like dry, so I didn't include it, and it didn't really add anything to what we're talking about here. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've never thought about it before. Like, I never heard about it when I was studying like museum curating, so in school. But um, they do claim that the Smithsonian stole so many artifacts and put them on barges and dumped them into the ocean just because they either didn't think they were valid or they were like, we don't have room for them and we're not returning them, so we're going to get rid of them. Um, and as we talked about in the last episode about um, poor Patsy or whatever, Patty, Patty, Patty. the Bigfoot, mm-hmm. um, is that a lot of it is that they didn't want this information written up because it would dispute Darwin's theory of evolution. Um, so it kind of asked, like, is Darwin's theory of evolution lobby really that strong? Um, so what this journalist, um, Nita Hiltner, goes on to think is that it's probably linked to kind of like some sort of ancient elitist um, hierarchy, which isn't too weird to think about, especially if you look at how the Rothschilds or even our presidency is linked to these weird fraternities or how we have, you know, so that's not too weird to think about um, that. It's kind of, it could be linked to some sort of elite line who wants to either keep evolution a secret from the masses or, they just control like the amount of information that comes out either through private interests and things like that. Um, and it's important to think, to note that the Anderson mounds are not just geographical anomalies where kind of just like Hills have formed. They're very, they're purposely put there, which is what makes them important. And this part is not a conspiracy. They are oriented around the North star, their entrance point there. Same what we see that all over the world with like pyramids and things like that. But 
the only question is, is we don't exactly know who built these mounds. Um, it could be Native Americans, which uh, is the most popular mainstream theory. Yeah, but then of course, and it's, into, it's hard to verify um, a Native American history because we, like, genocided a lot of them. And when you yes. have an oral history... Um, and then you genocide them, it's really hard to continue that oral history. So I think yeah. that there are a lot of things like these anomalies or structures that are uh, like ancient that have these clear connections to like solar systems or like stars in the sky, etc. And we don't know where they came from or who did it, um, probably because um, they were genocided. So... Exactly. And also there's, um, we'll touch on it further, but like, even just like the disregard for the importance of Native American sites that we just didn't give a shit in our history to like preserve any of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we can either say that Native Americans built them, or it could be giants or the Nephilim. And Nephilim are just giants in the Bible. It's the same thing. For simplicity's sake, it's the same thing. Aren't the Nephilim also like an alien race? Um, so we're going to talk about that for sure because okay. yes. Okay. Um, so, so hold that thought. Okay. Um, so the, and I'm going to apologize in advance for my white girl pronunciation of all of these. Yeah, I'm gonna forever. Be, yes. Always. We are notoriously pronouncing things wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cahokia mounds are near Seattle, but they aren't really put in any of our history books. And during its prime, like before the white man came and ruined their way of life, it was a large city that had the same population as Paris. Um, so very large, very bustling. And it was a trading city that natives would go to. So it wasn't unique to just one tribe. It was kind of like its Silk road of the time. And at some point it got destroyed by fire. Um, archaeologically, that's kind of all we know. But after the fire... The dwellings that were rebuilt were significantly smaller and which is something that doesn't happen in anthropology or archaeology is like a lot of times um, if something is leveled and then you build something over it, it's not going to vary in its size based Mm -hmm. on like human stature. So there is um, a myth from that area that Native American tribes would tell a story about how they fought giants who are also man-eaters. And they had to fight them because the giants would literally come into that area and eat their people. And the thing that's unique about this is that all Native American tribes have this kind of myth in their group. And we cannot actually dig into this mound to see what's in it because laws in the 1990s said we can't desecrate like sacred sites anymore for Native Hmm. Americans. Sounds about right. Um, But it's actually pretty interesting. And I will say conspiracy side, a myth being worldwide is not unique. Like you also see the myth of like a great flood in cultures all around the world Mm -hmm. from non-Christian beliefs either. And people can either be like, oh yeah, because of universal thought or other people can be like, yep, because it's when Atlantis sank, that's like kind of the conspiracy part. You get like the great flood from the Bible. Um, But it is interesting that we don't hear about very much Native American stuff especially like we live in utah which is named after the utes um and i barely know anything about them yeah um there was a guy named la that's just you know the way that he abbreviates his name um la marzuli went to peru and found actual artwork in some of the um historical sites there that showed a being holding a skull and licking it 
And the symbolism to that in archaeology means man-eater. Like you don't lick other human-esque things without it representing cannibalism. And that's a pretty universal theme. And he wrote, um, or a, a corroborating article was called a prehistoric is- history Our prehistoric cemetery in the Pioneer talked about near the junction of the heart of the Missouri um, River was a cemetery that was filled with bones about a giant race of men on a 100-acre plot, and it was both filled with man and beast. And this is a quote from that article from the time that says, This has evidently been a grand battlefield where thousands of men have fallen but many parts of anatomy, man and beast have been found. And they're talking about man and beast of like humans and giants. Mm -hmm. And another article in the 1897 Sentinel newspaper out of Fort Wayne, Indiana claims that there is a prehistoric battlefield filled with 100,000 skulls of giant Neanderthals, some with two rows of teeth and some with red hair still attached. The red hair is interesting because that's a sign of the Nephilim in the Bible. And some with arrows still in them from the Indian reservation. And some of these tribes it shows were competing with giants, some seven to nine feet tall. So we're not talking about like massive giants, like in yeah. Lord of the Rings. We're talking yeah. about just like fucking tall people. Yeah. And all over the world, there have been giants about this height with the longest skeleton being found in France, which was apparently 25 feet tall. Jesus. And so it's really interesting to note that there were a ton of newspapers about giant skeletons that were around in the 1800s. And so that's kind of like what the main part of this interview with this journalist was talking about was that it's very interesting that it's not just one source. It's a lot of different newspapers and they're all talking about areas where Native Americans had these battles. And then Native American myth backs up that archaeology with a lot of their myths. Um, so then it kind of like starts begging a few questions of who's powerful enough to cover this up mm-hmm. are the powerful connected to giants and how many degrees of separation do we need to go through until we find out who runs the planet um <laughs> so here's where we get to aliens so eisenhower we do we both agree that eisenhower like made a deal with the greys right that's yeah. not like contested so yeah. we both agree that eisenhower exchanged humans for tech so so long as the greys abducted somebody and brought them back and made it so that they couldn't remember then we would get their tech um sometimes i remember and they go crazy but it's also like nobody believes them and we all kind of make fun of like all the weird white trash-esque people who get um abducted but what this journalist goes on to say is that it could be something similar with like these giant races. Like they could definitely be somebody important or related to somebody who is important enough that they want that information to be hidden. Um, and then this kind of goes into that question you said earlier, of why is it hidden or like the racism in museums and stuff. And there's actually been a very weird, consistent and concerted effort that either highways get built over these areas or like shopping malls. I mean, we had a movie, um, the poltergeist where they destroyed Indian burial grounds specifically Mm -hmm. to have cheaper props. Yeah. Well also, um, like real life, like, um, the, I grew up in a neighborhood, like a cul-de-sac in the Bay area. Mm -hmm. And this neighborhood was built over Indian burial grounds. And, um, I don't think that they did a good job of um, ex- excavating, if you will. Yeah. Um, someone was burying their dog and came across some pottery 
Um, it was also kind of like a thing that you could just go on a trail hike because it was mm-hmm. still like marshland in some areas and yeah. find artifacts and arrowheads. Like there's just, they don't care. Like they yeah. just, there's a consensus that they just don't care. Yeah. It's like, it, we think it belongs to us because like we also live here. I feel like it's kind of the mentality. Um, and I, we're probably guilty of it too. Like if you're out walking and you found like an arrowhead, I feel like I would keep it. I don't know if I, I like think maybe if I'm more educated, I would call the museum, but now I don't trust the goddamn museums. I, I, I for sure would keep it. I think that's cool as shit. Yeah. But it's like, I have a civil war bullet in my bedroom right now. Yeah, but that's like the white man's war. <laughs> I hope I hope that bullet killed a racist bastard and you should like get a tooth removed and then have the bullet filed down to fill your tooth and You know that I would like to believe that, but this bullet came from Nugget Noggin on YouTube who's a mm-hmm. metal detector and who he and his father actually metal detected a former slave captivity area. Oh shit. Okay. So I'm going to probably say it's not great. You should, um, like, I know you're not into the holy water thing, but you should at least like spray it with something with good intentions because I don't think that bullet has good history tied mm-hmm. to it. But also live your life. I don't want to tell you how to, you know, have your artifacts. You know, my grandpa has that death doll that murdered somebody. So I know. You know it is what it is, but we can't talk bad about it. I For think it's great. Don't even fucking think about it. I love I, it. I think it's the coolest thing. I genuinely think it's really cool, though. Uh, Chelsea's giving a face that she's lying, maybe. But I, I wouldn't think, lie about it. I'm I, scared. I think that it's genuinely cool. My psyche 100% shuts down any negative thought I could possibly have towards it. It is awesome. Please don't curse me. Um, <laughs> But, um, but you know, the United States is notorious for how poorly we treated Native Americans. And uh, it is, so she kind of makes a little bit of a jump where she's saying that because Native American lore is so heavily tied in with giants, that could be part of why we have consistently disrespected their sacred places. Um, it could just be, you know, we're going to go into a little bit about why the Smithsonian would want to do that. And a lot of it is kind of like the evolution thing, mm-hmm. um, which take it or leave it. But uh, you know, this episode's kind of derailed a little bit more into giants. I but. also just want to say, speaking on giants, because I'm, I remember I do the truth telling. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, the, the 25 and a half foot long skeleton found in Paris did you Google it? Is it fake? Well, it's real. It's just not really human. It's really um, ancient elephant. <gasps> well, what about all the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I had a feeling like, okay, like sidebar, I had a feeling because back in the day, people were snake oil salesmen, just like they are now. Yeah. But it was so much easier to peddle bullshit, like fake shit mm-hmm. and like, you know, kind of like freak show it up. And like I was like, the circus was built on that. Literally. Yeah. Like literally that is what the circus was built on. So I was like, I bet this 25 foot skeleton is some fucking circus shit. It's some fucking traveling sideshow shit. 
you know, which also in itself, half of it's real, half of it's not. Like there are really like the lobster man and elephant boy and the bearded lady. Like those are real, but then there are also like, that's not a fucking mermaid bitch. Like it's same thing. Um, yeah. And this skeleton was found um, by a, this like a surgeon. Yeah. Pierre Mazur, I don't fucking know. Um, and uh, he was like, he was able to connect it to like lore, lore of like this king who was written about to be like giant, and he defeated like this other bad dude. dude fucking King Arthur was alleged yeah. to be a giant. Yeah, like yeah, and um, everyone was like, hell yeah, that sounds about right. And then um, in the 1980s, a paleontologist f- f- analyzed them and was like, hey, guys. They, but they are actually <laughs> – the crazy thing is is that in themselves are cool shit. Like I, the, he didn't even have to lie about it being a giant human when he actually had found large prehistoric elephants called like the denorium or something like that. Denethorium, D-E-I-N-O-T-H-E-R-I-U-M. And they look like fucking demons. They look Looking. like demons. Like, you had the coolest shit. You found the coolest shit. And then you just had to go and lie. You had something cool anyway. Like, there's this skeleton head of this motherfucker straight up looks like a, like a demon from Hellboy. The skeleton looks crazy. The elephants themselves are kind of cute. It's just their tusks come out of their chin instead of like right next, right next to their, you know, I have such a fucking soft spot for elephants, mind you. That Also, uh, like, look at those teeth. Aren't they kind of human? They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, are you looking at like the Wikipedia yeah. image that was where, yeah. yeah, it looks it looks like a Jay Leno skull yeah. with two teeth coming out of it yeah. and then like a fucking conker of a nose. It literally looks like a demon from Hellboy. But anyway. It does. It looks like a demon. I I'm wouldn't just, guess that that was an elephant. No, I'm um, like, I, I'm so upset that this guy was like, it's a giant human. But he could have been like, actually, it's a fucking prehistoric dinosaur. It's but you know what? Maybe he was just stupid and he looked at it because I could see it being like, Oh, this could be a giant because it does. You you pointed out the human teeth, and the top of it could look like a like like yeah. just a very thickly, very thick browed, brow boned man. I mean, it could look like a demon person, and so maybe that's what Absolutely. a giant looks like. Maybe, or maybe it was just a big fat liar. Probably that one. Um. So I want to talk. So I kind of went. I did go off a little bit on a tangent away from the Smithsonian, but I found the concept of Native Americans and giants fucking cool, especially because like I hadn't heard about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I also just kind of want to prove giants are real through myth okay. and okay. old articles. Go. Okay, so in 1825, a man named David Cusick was a Tuscarora Native American. And these people are from um, North Carolina region. I'm sure we would have heard about him if we grew up in North Carolina. Um, And he was born in 1780 and made many accounts of giants in his work known in his book called The Ancient History of Six Nations. And we should get it because it looks like it's full of crazy drawings. Um, And the Library of Congress does have it in their files and they do recognize it as an important piece of like Native American history. And I pulled the following synopsis from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. 
prepare to be dazzled by this pronunciation. By I way. also want to say before we get into this, there are so the thing about conspiracy theory is um, there are so many ties to Native American lore mm-hmm. with it that it's like sometimes it makes it hard to debate and like do i think that just like everything else in the world like white dudes had come in and made it all weird of course absolutely like always it's what they're born and bred to do but um there are also like weird little pockets of truth and like mm -hmm. synchronicity you know yes yes and it's it's like sometimes i think that it's it's just like classic disinformation. You have all of these different Native American tribes across the United States, like talking about these lores that all have similar things to them. Mm-hmm. And but then like some fucking, you know, like Billy Joel like has to jump on YouTube and scream about chemtrails. And then you're like, yes. he's tying in like their lore. And you're like, you've ruined it now. Yeah, but chemtrails are real though. Oh but my god. Not necessarily <laughs> tied to the Native Americans. But yeah, it's one of those things. It's also one of those things where like um white people don't have very much history in the United States. So they kind of want to like pig piggyback onto like the actual mm-hmm. old history to give like their beliefs any authenticity. Yeah. Um Yeah. I can't believe you don't think chemtrails are real. That blows my mind. We gotta do a chemtrail. <sighs> uh so he wrote this book and so I'm going to read part of it and I am fucking sorry. I can already see the twin brothers name. Okay. Good luck. This is the length of one of the words. Mm -hmm. Just see my thumb and my finger. Three, two inches, maybe three. 12 inches. (laughs) So in this theory or in that, like his, like in the synopsis of what his book is about is that the history begins at the creation with the 10 twin brothers Anagorio and Anagata Hitea. That good sounded good. Spirit. Did it? Okay, thank you. Um, which is essentially the good and evil. Also, while I'm reading this, like, really think about how it ties in with, like, other creation stories and, like, Cain and Abel and, like, how a lot of this stuff um, is, like, a universal myth. That well, haven't you Korea. seen that chart of, like, you know, the creation stories throughout time? Whether it's like Zeus and Hercules or Odin and Thor or God and Jesus, baby. It's always yeah. the same shit. Um, one thing that we should read for the book club um, for podcasts, which everyone should get on, it's going to be really cool, is The Hero's Journey or like The Hero of a Thousand Faces because it goes into all of that. It's like there's like literally a rubric for every story ever told in like religion and it talks about how it fits into it. And it, oh, I would love that. It, it literally everything. And on TV, successful TV shows even do it to this day. Yeah. Um, so the good and evil spirit and their creatures, the Egwehoe, which means people and one. their enemies were the <laughs> Ronanguetowanaka, which means giants. Um, uh-huh. So the earliest people were championed by the Don Hanta and the less heroic Yantawatea and plagued by the mischievous Shortomongea. <laughs> I'm going to just try to see. <laughs> I know. It's like, none of these names made sense because my brain won't compute them. I'm like, is one of those the brothers? No, they're not. Um, I'm just going to try to skip over them. So these early people 
were threatened by um, a lot of animals that we all agree exist, like the, the mammoth or the elk. Um, and then they talk about other things that we, that are a little bit more interesting, but not necessarily accepted in mm-hmm. history, um, which would be the golden city of the South or the great horned serpent of Lake Ontario and the quote unquote, the blazing star that fell. Um, the shooting star. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or I don't know, like a, a meteor. That a fell. meteorite. Yeah. Um, so their monstrous enemies included the flying heads. Yes, they have a Native American word for it, but I'm not going to try. Good. Um, so their enemies were the flying heads, the lake serpent, and the stonish giants. They also had a snake with a human head and the big bear, um, or a serpent with two heads, the great lizard, and the witches. Um, so Cusick gives particular attention to the geographical details that kind of lends a little bit more credibility to his work. Um, he talks about the St. Lawrence River, the Mohawk, the Mohawk River, the Hudson River, the Mississippi, Niagara, um, Sesequana River, Oswego Falls, um, Lake Erie, Cayuga Lake. Um, I'm trying to just skip over. So like a lot. He get, does give the Native American words for all of those and the Native American names for them. Um, the only reason I'm not saying them is because I can't pronounce them, not because I don't want to recognize that they have yeah. Older names than the white man names. Um, this part was so fucking cool that I highlighted it and I wrote bitch at the end. So Cusick's sketches of ancient history of the six nations has been proposed as a possible source for the influence of the book of Mormon. And it has also advanced as evidence for the existence of Bigfoot and the Lake Champlain monster. Uh, Bitch! What do you mean? What do you mean it was an influence? I don't don't understand. Joseph fucking Smith was so into giants. Remember, like, from the last podcast episode? Like, what if he literally just took all of his bullshit from Native American myth? I mean, that checks out. Obviously, Brian. He was was a bullshit artist. He was, yeah, a, because, he was a bullshit artist. Because Joseph Smith built his career on digging up the graves of giants, right? To, like, try to do his weird fucking cult thing. And also the fact that this these Native American myths tie into Bigfoot, which is what kicked off this episode yeah. in the first place. Well, like, um, honestly, if you tie the two things together, I guess that makes sense, right? Because Joseph Smith yeah. came from a family history of Freemasons, where he gets mm-hmm. all of his weird, like... uh like the ceremonial things and like the outfits and the special handshakes mm-hmm. that's all very freemason and yeah. then you get the lore which he has s- stolen exclusively from native mm-hmm. americans wrap those two things together and you've got the book of mormon absolutely and it all comes back to bigfoot bitch <laughs> all bigfoot so um he wrote in summary uh, I didn't read. I didn't read the book. Obviously, I, I just read the synopsis. But he states that the Native American tribes essentially got sick of the giants attacking them, um, and this happened some two thousand five hundred years before Columbus ever came to the United States. And he argues that the mounds are these grave sites of these great battles between the Native Americans and the giants. And giants is a little bit easier to swallow when we're just thinking about people maybe like seven feet tall yeah like seven to nine yeah not i think like whenever we say giants i immediately think lord of the rings just think yeah what's that what's that guy like mouthing or whatever the basketball player yeah right him that's his name right yeah 
like any bat, any tall bat, like Shaq, fucking yeah. Shaq. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think of like Harry Potter when they fight the trolls, like trolls in the dungeon. Yeah. Um, I have to tr- fight that mentality in my head because when I read that the giants were like seven feet tall, like we have people who are, well, seven to nine feet tall, but like my ex brother in law was like six eleven. Like he's a weird goddamn lingy thing. Um, and he's awful. So I could totally go to war with him and burn his body. <laughs> and put him in the and so he argues that the reason why they did these mounds and why they don't re- like look like other Native American burial sites at, from that time is because there was just too many that they killed and their bodies were too big to dispose of in the regular ways. So they just kind of scooped them up, kind of flipped some dirt on it, and then eventually like the grass regrew over them. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes sense to me because like, that's like human body disposal of somebody you don't really care about. Humans are notorious for just scooping people into piles and yeah. just saying, fuck them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, James A. Jones kind of corroborates this and he did a lot on the, um, uh, Lenape Indians, which are kind of from the Delaware region. And they also claim that when they migrated into Ohio and lived along the banks of the white river, that they corroborated the belief in giants because that's also a heavy mound area. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to talk about like, once you, oh, I knew you were going to talk about how that Smithsonian thing wasn't real because <laughs> you texted it to me, but there are also, um, as far as like myths go, people may not want to swallow it, but we also have corroboration from explorers that like into the new world that people do agree exist. So I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm going to talk about Magellan because he's the most famous one. And this is from, um, an article. I think it's by the Washington post or the New York post. It's by, it's an article though. So they say that in 1520, um, Ferdinand that Magellan took time out of his schedule of sailing around the world to stop in what is now called Patagonia where he found a naked giant dancing and singing on the shore. Magellan ordered one of his men to make contact and to be sure to reciprocate the dancing and singing and demonstrate friendship. And it did work. The man was able to lead the giant to a small island offshore where Magellan was waiting. And he does describe the scene in some of his um, scholarly books and claims that, quote unquote, When he was before us, he began to marvel and be afraid, but he raised one finger upward, believing that we came from heaven. And he was so tall that only the tallest of us came to his waist, and he had a big, booming voice. And the illustration above proves it. Patagonia was once inhabited by giants that positively dwarfed the heavenly Europeans that would come to conquer them. And even though it isn't, like, evidence of giants, um... There are a people from the Patagonian region called the um, Tehulche who are absolutely enormous. And these are real people. This is like a real type of tribe. And they are very, 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 very tall. Um, Probably, we wouldn't probably come up to their waists, but um, the extrapolation that Magellan gave to them, we can kind of dismiss it um, because he does document it and him just saying that they were as tall, like he only came up to their waist was probably something that he added. but. He did talk about this for forever of meeting the giants, and uh, the land is now Patagonia. 
which I didn't even know that. Yeah, I just thought that was a brand that, like... I know. I thought it was an expensive brand that, like, people with disposable income bought. Yeah, people with disposable income whose whole entire personality is, like, rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. it. Yeah. Rock climbing or, like, being warm in the wintertime. <laughs> also, this is the part where I call myself out before you can call me out, even though okay. you already called me out. Okay. With this... Is- uh, with the Smithsonian, we do regret to inform you that the allegations that the Supreme Court was sued are false. Mm-hmm. The American Institute of Alternative Archaeology doesn't actually exist. Which the is al- what people <laughs> Alternative Archaeology. Alternative Archaeology is the name of the institute, and you believed it for a second. That's like being. You believed it for a whole week! Because it came from your mouth! I didn't look up that it was the Alternative Science Administration! I just bitched this shit on the episode, man! <laughs> so, that is, that is to say that there are not fringes in the archaeological community. I have talked about Carlos Castaneda, and that should also be a book club pick was notorious for writing about the shaman wars and a lot of exorcisms that he did with a South American shaman. The book is called like a fire inside or a fire within. And that is considered fringe anthropology. Um, And then another thing that doesn't quite fit into mainstream thought with archeology span is a book called forbidden archeology. span And this one's actually kind of famous too. It's by Michael Crema and Richard Thompson. And the synopsis pulled for that is that over the centuries, researchers have found bones and artifacts proving that humans like us have existed for millions of years. Mainstream science has, however, suppressed these facts. Prejudices based on current scientific theory act as a knowledge filter, giving us a picture of prehistory that is largely incorrect. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, are they talking about fucking giants? Not really. They just argue that humans have been on Earth a lot longer than was originally thought. Mm -hmm. But... Since it doesn't, since they find like little fringes of evidence that shows this, that doesn't fit in with like the mainstream of archaeology, it's totally dismissed. And I would say that this is like kind of something that goes through with like non-hard sciences, like psychology, for example. Like I could flick you in the face and then blow powder in your head. And if that convinces you that ghosts aren't in your apartment, then it should be valid, even Mm -hmm. though it wouldn't exist for like the mainstream. Yeah. And that's essentially what this book is claiming. so, a lot of these fringe anthropology groups talk about mound building cultures. And mound building cultures isn't necessarily um, a conspiracy. The part where we kind of get into conspiracy is who built the mounds. Mm-hmm. And so, and the reason why we can't just be like Native Americans built it is because these mounds predate any Native American like concrete knowledge that we have by like 2,500 years which is essentially the timeline separating us and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, a really long time and a lot of knowledge and history gets lost in that time. Um, so now this is kind of where we can get into a little bit of the Smithsonian part. So they are a little suspect in some of their timeline as far as like gi- quote unquote giants and evolution is concerned. So in 1848, they, the Smithsonian published research by Ephraim Squire and Edwin Davis called Ancient Monuments of the Mississippi Valley. And this was 11 years before the Darwin evolu- like theory of evolution was ever even published. Mm-hmm. So it could very much be that because the Smithsonian put all their eggs in this basket that they had to defend it for reputa- like reputation's sake. 
Um, and I think that where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, we happen to talk way more about giants than we did about the Smithsonian, but it kind of turned into something a lot bigger than just like one museum's bias. Mm-hmm. And there have been issues of the Smithsonian treating people like shit before if they don't buy into like their more mainstream beliefs. Mm-hmm. And the, a former editor of a scientific journal filed a formal complaint against the Smithsonian in 2005. His name is Richard Sternberg, and he claimed that he was, quote, discriminated against on the bias of perceived religious and political beliefs because of an article he published that challenged the Darwinian theory of evolution. And this came from the Washington Times. And he filed this complaint officially with the Federal Office of Special Counsel. And before you think that he's some, like, weird fucking religious nut, this guy actually has two doctorates in evolutionary biology, and his job was literally managing and editing content for the proceeds of the Biological Society of Washington. But because he had the audacity to question some of the theories of evolution, um, the Smithsonian, like, wrote him off as a hack called him like a religious creationist. And he's like, I'm not a fucking creationist. I just have questions about evolution that you guys are like putting forward because his job was to kind of like audit what museums were trying to get past and push through. And because he literally questioned one thing about the Smithsonian, they like smeared his reputation, Uh Um, which I find crazy that they would do that because there's parts of evolution like evolution doesn't explain where like negative blood types came from. Yeah. Like that's not explained. And it doesn't mean that because we question why that isn't explained, that evolution isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's just, or like the missing link. Like you're allowed to like poke holes in scientific theory if it's not explained yet. But if you do it to the Smithsonian, they will straight up ruin your fucking reputation. That doesn't surprise me. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not... Who's saying... The, the Smithsonian isn't a good person. It's a fucking entity with, like, a bias, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and it is, like, the way that the Smithsonian operates is, like, a institutional center, which is, like, a very weird armpit of the government. Um, are they run by the government? Not really. But um, they're special little corporate headquarters that the government protects. Um so I was hoping when I jumped into this that the Supreme Court thing was would be like super fun to talk about, but um at some point you just have to like recognize the evidence. Like there literally <laughs> was there was no Supreme Court ruling against the Smithsonian. Are giants real? Very fucking maybe. And if you try to point that out to the Smithsonian, they will ruin you. Um and that's kind of like the the cherry on top of the giant pie. Yeah, that's the that honestly I prefer that version. I prefer mm-hmm. the version of like someone questioning something and the Smithsonian being so upset at the thought that they shut them down versus mm-hmm. like pretend Supreme Court hearing. So I I yep. prefer that. I yeah. I agree like people should be poking holes in scientific theory if it hasn't been proven, obviously within reason, um, because mm-hmm. that's how you figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's basic fucking elementary science school shit. Yeah. But uh, I, I always, even as you were saying that last sentence, I had to be like, giants aren't real. But like, no, giants in like the seven foot, eight foot, nine foot tall people absolutely are real. They exist right now, yeah. currently. And who's to say? Just like we have tribes of people who have been, you know, like, remained in 
no modern day human contact, who are fucking cannibals, who do weird shit. Who's to say that that same type of vibe didn't seep over into a community of people whose uh, average height was about seven feet? You know, who's to fucking say? Yeah. And we accept like the pygmy cultures of New Guinea. But Mm -hmm. if you want to like bring up giants, it's weird that there's such a stigma around it, right? Like it's the same thing. I think it's because we call them giants, like, you know, and like fucking, you know, sci-fi essentially and like mythological fucking lord of the rings books you know like have taken the term giant and made it uh like a giant dude in a diaper with one eye and he's trying to bash your head in and he's the size of a building right yeah i almost wonder it's like one of those things that we kind of agree about with like flat earth conspiracy like people let it be ridiculous because there's something else there um and it's the same thing with like aliens so i don't know um i didn't have this conspiracy before but now i'm like why why the fuck why the fuck would the Smithsonian like totally discredit somebody who's like a doc has two doctorates in evolutionary biology just because he like points out problems in Darwin's theory. Yeah. Um, and then why, uh, when we talk about giants, if we're like, Oh, they could be seven to nine feet tall, but like mainstream media is like, no, this is what a giant is. And that's yeah. all like the image that's in our head mm-hmm. and like literally accepting anything else doesn't make sense. Like my brain is still having a hard time computing, but they had these to hold shade giants at the fucking world's fair in 1904. Mm-hmm. These are people like a people who still exist, mm-hmm. but we aren't allowed to think that they have like place in our society or in myth or anything else like that. It yeah. just blows my mind. Yeah. It's a little weird. I, I definitely agree that it's kind of like, the same energy as the flat earth thing. Like I think that the flat earth conspiracy theory is not real, but I think that there are real aspects Mm -hmm. inside of it. You know, like I absolutely know that the earth is not flat, but there are other things inside of that conspiracy theory, like specifically about certain locations being, um, mm-hmm. uninhabitable and allowing no visitation or flyover. Like, and yeah. that's the reason why they built the conspiracy. Cause they're like, yes. Oh, it's because that's where the earth ends. And you're like, well, that's not fucking right. But okay. Yeah. Like, I think it's the same shit. I think that there's something weird and nefarious going on with like a certain, maybe it's even like a certain region of people. Like we did something fucking horrific who knows, but there's something weird yeah. going on for sure, which is why there was even a tiny bit of foundation to build a conspiracy on. Yep. I 100% agree. Like I think the gemstone in the flat earth conspiracy is Antarctica. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like if you talk about the mountain meadows massacre in Utah, that fucking happened. We didn't learn about it till we were adults because they tried to hide it. Yeah. And then they still try to like twist the narrative on it. So, um, I wish that there was some book out there that was just like, had all the answers of like non fucked with history. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Right. Motherfucker. Yeah. So, uh, source wise, um, 
that interview, the neurological blog talks about the mound builders. Mm-hmm. The mound builders are real. The conspiracy is who built the mounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington Times, uh, Reddit linked me to the alternative history thing about the Smithsonian, where they talked about like the, <laughs> the not, yeah, like, well, and plus like my degrees in anthropology, and I literally never heard about that. We did talk about pseudo anthropology, like the fun part of it, but I feel like pseudoscience and all that stuff is like the funsy things where you talk, you know, mm-hmm. good lawful society. And then the Snopes article where they did fact check it. Um, and then a lot of the stuff is just standard history. Like, um, uh, what's his face? Morgellon. I have Morgellon stuck in my head every I time I want to talk about Magellan. Um, so a lot of that stuff is just standard history. Definitely look it up. The mound shit is the coolest stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. So. That's fun. It is fun. fun stuff. It is fun. Do I feel absolutely betrayed still? Yes, I do. I absolutely yeah. do. I, of course I do. I went around yeah. for almost a week thinking like, oh my God, the Smithsonian <laughs> is really up to some shit. Um, but That's not I, you. No, it's not about you. I'll yell about anything, God damn it, and I'll make it sound <laughs> real. Oh my God. Um, but it is exciting to know that I do think that there is a little tiny diamond of truth inside of this somewhere, and I just don't know where that is. Why are we not taught about this stuff in history when it is the foundation of our country's mythos? Like, I know more about Greek mythology than I do about the mythology of the people who started this fucking continent. Mm-hmm. It's true. Why? It's so Why? true. I know. Why? Why? That's a great fucking question. And, um, yep. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for educating yeah. me and admitting that you were wrong. Um, I didn't say I was wrong. I said I will yell about. I said I will yell about anything and make it sound convincing. Uh huh. Before I knew you were going to call my ass out about it, I did say that some of that shit never happened. <laughs> oh well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it either mm-hmm. way. Uh huh. Um, yes. and I, you know what? I would. I'm not going to hail. I'm going to hail Satan, of course. I'm not going to hail giants. I'm going to hail the unspoken, interesting, and rich Native American history. I'll hail that, too. I will also hail the Detroit Dog Rescue, who we are giving all the money from our bonfire campaign that we've been sharing on social media, too. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. We actually do have a little bit of announcements. Um, First announcement is what we kind of talked about um, in the middle of the episode was book club. Um, everyone's been asking about it and wanting to do it. And, uh, you know, for those of us who live in the States where COVID is still a thing, um, it's no better time than to pick up a book and talk about it with friends. Um, and we are reading Caitlin, Caitlin Doty, who is, um, the order of the good death or ask a mortician on YouTube. Her shit is fucking fantastic. And this book is, um, the smoke gets in your eyes and other stories from the crematorium. Um, I think uh, I think her stuff is really important in general because she talks about death, the death industry, and how we deal with the death and mourning, and um, specifically the North American version of that. Like she'll go into on her series more about like other worlds and like not other worlds, other cultures, how they deal with it, and how even to this day. 
there is this puritanical touch on how we handle um, death and mourning that has um, kind of like taken us out of the kneecaps as a society. And I think that there's also, um, she like skates on the idea that if we changed the way that we handle death and how we deal with death, we would be able to just digest it easier, come to terms with it better, and be able to mourn in a healthy way. Um, Because not everyone in the world crumbles and crashes like a North American society does at the thought of death and dealing with death and their own mortality, you know? Um, And I think that she does a really great job of talking about that. And no better time than to confront death head on in a fun way with friends than during a global pandemic. So um, we are in two weeks on the 20th around, we're going to be meeting up to talk about it. Um, So grab the book if you can. It's fantastic. Um, Super excited to read it. I'm going to die on my (laughs) abebooks.com. It takes... I still haven't gotten the book I ordered last <laughs> week because it takes some 25 days to arrive. But uh, yeah. you know what? Abesbooks.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also, I, it did um, ta- this one talked about the great Smithsonian cover-up. Unfortunately, I have to wait 20 days before I can read it and get back to you. It would have been helpful for this episode. <laughs> but like I said, I will die on this hill. She's out here supporting Abe's books, baby. Um, he's not even mailing it. He's actually walking it across the country <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's it. That's yep. fucking it. Um, also, Caitlin Doty po- did post on her Instagram how she is teaming up with like a local bookstore or like a smaller bookstore, and she's doing like a holiday special where you can get all three of her books for a deal and all of the proceeds are donated. Um, so check that out if you um, want to. I, I don't think there's any reason why people can't jump into the group later. Um, but yeah, really excited about that. The other thing that we're super excited about is um, new fucking merch designs by Kelly Holloran. Find her on Instagram and Etsy. Her shit's like spacey creative. She's fantastic. She's made the stickers and designs before and she absolutely slayed the new Chelsea and Noel go to hell design. It's fucking perfect. And so we've put it on everything. We put it on your own personal wine gargling mug for like nine 99. It's on shirts, t-shirts, V-necks, long sleeves, crew necks, hoodies, whatever the fuck you can imagine it's on. And 100% of the proceeds are being donated to Kelly's charity of choice, which is the Detroit dog rescue, which uh, is the first no kill shelter in Detroit. And I personally think there's no better way than to thank the city of Detroit for going blue, than giving to their no kill shelter. I agree. And, uh, for November, all donations made to that shelter will be doubled. Um, so we've already got like 50 bucks coming their way. And when you look at the breakdown of like how that works out, we could feed like literally every dog in their shelter because they Hell get, yeah. yeah. So, um, and it also just helps promote podcast. Um, and we appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's a win-win for everyone. You all get to wear the cool new merch that Kelly designed. The new podcast name is celebrated and animals and shelters are taken care of. Mm-hmm. So. And you can also see if you have more gelons with the you gelons Or you could just rot your fucking teeth out by gargling wine for a minute straight. You know, 
Like God intended. Exactly. So. Um, all, the the links to the uh, merch are, they're kind of not easy to remember off the top. It's a bunch of dashes. It's yeah. bonfire.com backslash go to hell podcast. Yeah. Just but there's check a dash. the social media yeah. and we will post links. Yeah, check that because it's a fucking pain. It's literally like every word has a dash in between it. So yeah. you could look up bonfire.com backslash go to hell podcast launch. There's dashes in between. Or just look on Facebook or Instagram or fucking DM us. We'll literally tell you. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, Hail Satan again. Yeah. Hail history. I, and I can't believe you yelled at me. You deserved this. it. You deserved it. Probably. You really got me. 